this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mumbling Under Your Breath. God, I fucking hate this shit. I'm, I'm over it. I'm so fucking tired so of this job. Stupid. Or if you figure a way to live without serving a master, any master, then let the rest of us know, will you? Will you be the first person in the history of the world? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, just leading right in. <laughs> uh, I'm Frank. This is Zach. I'm Zach. And, this is Frank. Uh, and today we are discussing 2012, Paul Thomas Anderson. The Master. The Master. I love this movie. It's a cool movie. Uh, I, I really I really enjoyed this film. Uh, one for Paul Thomas Anderson. Two for... Joaquin Phoenix. And three for... I guess Scientology. It's Scientology. It's I. I didn't see that. I don't. I, I don't know how you didn't. I. I got the entire like cult vibe uh-huh. of this film. Like I completely understood that. Like oh, this is just like a weird cult. Yeah. I did not get Scientology from this. I feel like you weren't paying attention to the dialogue. I was then. paying full attention to it while scrolling through <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> yeah, there's your problem. No, I. I. I just didn't see it for that. All right. Well, we'll discuss that. All right. Um, let's run down the people. Go go. Okay. Go go. go. Go go show. So, few people that we got to name in here. So, Joaquin Phoenix is your main character. He plays Freddie Quill. You have Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie, which between like this movie and my pick yeah. for the movie, yeah. we're getting a lot of Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I'm not complaining. No, I, like, he, I love he Philip Seymour Hoffman. He really was fantastic in this man. film. Rest easy, man. Yeah, he, he plays Lancaster Dodd, who yeah. is the cult leader yep. in this film. You have Amy Adams, yep. who plays Peggy Dodd, his wife. And I just enjoy seeing Amy Adams and things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For more than Un- one understandably. reason. <laughs> uh, you have Rami Malek in this, yeah. who plays Clark. Yep. He's kind of a side character, but I, th- I feel like name. he's got a big enough name now. That, yeah. Like, even if he's not important as much to the roles in the films, like, he, he's, he's a, name. a name. He's a name now. Yeah. And you have Laura Dern. Who, again... She's in everything. Yeah. <laughs> plays Helen Sullivan. Yeah, she's in everything. God, she's great. Hey, she really is. <laughs> she needs to, I, I was pissed in the Oscars that she didn't win. She did. Fuck you. She won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Paul Thomas Anderson, the oh, master. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, I think we, I think the last episode we kind of were like, hey, these are the movies that we're watching, mm-hmm. right? So, if you did watch the movies and now you're coming along with us... Along uh, for the ride. Hello, welcome. Uh, and if not, if you don't know what this movie is about, basically, I guess Zach is going to argue, but it's about Scientology. I don't. I didn't um, see it. I don't know how, but I don't we'll, know we'll, how you did. We'll discuss that. <laughs> okay. Um, but basically, it's about Freddie, who has PTSD. He is a he was a naval veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has PTSD during World War Two. Yep, and he basically comes out of the war and he's kind of just lost he doesn't really have a job he's kind of doing like weird odd jobs around just trying to like figure out like what the hell he's doing you could tell that he definitely likes his alcohol and oh, other yeah. things <laughs> he uh, makes fucking moonshine yeah, and out of just random chemicals mm-hmm. um and basically he kind of finds his way onto a boat that is being occupied by Philip Seymour Hoffman, or Dodd. And he's basically kind of just... He kind of gets under the wing of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm -hmm. And 
he kind of just takes him under his wing and he kind of shows him. He, I, I guess I would kind of say that he makes him feel like he sort of has a purpose. He makes him feel like his life is a little bit more meaningful. Um, but then you kind of realize exactly what's going on. And it is a this man, he seems very intelligent. He's very, very well put together. He's got this following and these people kind of look at him like a god. Um, and he's running a religion and yeah. he's doing uh, writing books and he's just kind of being weird <laughs> <laughs> i guess like his his whole theory is that like we had like past lives and you can almost like through memory time travel back to your past lives yeah from what i got from it yeah which um seems cool so is all is that scientology yes, that's is it. it yeah it literally is so from what i know of scientology it's that like it has to do with like aliens giving us souls so it's not a it's not strictly just aliens like there is the alien aspect of it but it, it there is that um basically scientologists believe that humans are made up of billions and trillions of other lives mm-hmm. like your body is li- like every single cell is basically like un- uh, is like another person mm-hmm. and you are then made up of all of these different people to make you um so in Scientology, similar to this film, you would kind of like go under this trance and you would sit there and he would make you kind of think of all of these other past lives and you would find yourself like, oh my God, I just, I just saw myself as a, as a, as a robot <laughs> fighting Godzilla. And he's like, yes, that is. I was going to go with like Egyptian warrior, but yeah, yeah but sure. you know, anything, right. You know, and, and that's, that is, that's Scientology. Okay. Um, and Paul Thomas Anderson, he, he, he definitely says that it is inspired by Scientology. He doesn't come straight out and say that it's like a hundred percent Scientology because I don't, A, I don't think he can really do that. And, yeah. And two, I feel like a lot of people who believe in Scientology would be pissed about that. Then. Yeah. So, it, but it, it is definitely inspired mm-hmm. by Scientology. Um, one of my favorite scenes ever in all of movies is in this movie. Really? And that is taken straight out of Scientology. But yeah, so let's let's talk about it. So, in my opinion, Paul Thomas Anderson came up with some of the most complicated characters I have ever seen in film. In this movie. You know what, man? Like, again, I'm going to praise Joaquin Phoenix for this because, like, his character has so many layers to him. Yeah. Especially to, like, in the beginning when, like, at first you're just like, oh, he has PTSD. And then, like, you kind of come to find out that, like, he's also a raging alcoholic. He also has, like, some past issues with, like, his family. Like, the whole thing of, like, him sleeping with his aunt a Mm -hmm. couple of times. Yeah. And then, like... he almost is like I wouldn't say like nymphomaniac, but like he's, he's obsessed with <clears throat> he, sex. He loves sex to yeah. the point where it's like it's kind of frightening. Yeah, and just the like how Walking Phoenix prepares his body for roles. Oh my god! Like similar to Joker. Like similar he to got, Arthur. Yeah, Arthur he, Fleck. He got very very skinny and very lanky for this role, mm-hmm. and like. He, he has, like, that hunch yeah. to him, too. Yeah. And it just works with, like, the 50s aspect to and this he, film. And he only speaks out of, like, one half of his mouth. I loved that. I loved how, like, he almost kind of had, like, a stroke at some point. Yeah. And he's, like... So, it's it's a little... A fun little thing about that is he actually... He actually surgically got, um, like, 
I don't know what they are called. It's almost like like nails, basically, mm-hmm. surgically implanted into his gums on 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 the upper jaw and then the lower jaw, and then basically he he wrapped rubber bands around it so he mm-hmm. could so he wouldn't be able to open the left side of his mouth ma- of his mouth. So he was only like talking because in the movie he talks like this kind of, yeah. uh, and it's because he literally has like rubber bands holding his left side of his face shut or right side, whatever it is. Jesus Christ, uh, this man. Dedicated to roles, man. He reminds me of my grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Just without, like, the... So much, like, how serious the PTSD is and, like, the nymphomania and, like, the alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, that, he's just... (laughs) Kind of reminded me of my grandpa a little bit. Um, But, yeah, so he's... He's got a lot of layers, Mm -hmm. and he's... You know, there seems lost. There's other things though, like he has an underage girlfriend, a very underage girlfriend in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. You kind of mentioned like the whole, like you, you're not sure if he was molested or if it was like a mutual, like incestual kind of just. I, I think it was mutual. It because, seemed like, mutual because, because of the he way he just was drinking a little bit and. That that great fucking scene of like him sitting down with Lancaster and like him just asking like the few questions. Yeah, I absolutely love that scene where it's like Lancaster is like, "Hey, you cannot blink, otherwise yeah. we will start over again." Mm-hmm. And like he's slapping himself because he doesn't want to blink, and yeah. they really get into it. And they talk about like how he slept with her three times. Uh, the first time was him just getting drunk and thinking that she was hot, but like you have two other times that you slept with her. So yeah. it's like, obviously there was some weird connection there. So I don't, I don't feel like it was that he was molested. I think yeah. it was all consensual. Yeah. Uh, so that is the scene of what I was saying of that. It's like one of my favorite scenes ever yes. in all of film. Um, and it's so simple. It's just two characters sitting down at a table, having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and those questions are picked pretty much directly from the questions that they do in Scientology. Those oh, really? Are, yeah, those are literally like hmm. almost word for word the same exact questions that they do because th- that that test that they do is very is pretty. They do that in Scientology. That's something that they do. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes just ever. I mean, I think if you're not gonna watch the film, uh, and you're and you just want to see two fantastic actors in pure brilliance, mm-hmm. just being absolutely amazing, watch that scene. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's acting in that is absolutely amazing. I mean, the, when he, when he starts like te- like when he starts crying, yeah. and it's not really crying, but it's just like he's getting so like overwhelmed that the tears start like falling out of his face, and he's just I don't know, man. It's just it's just so good. It it really is. Um, and then to Philip Seymour Hoffman too, man, for like Lancaster, he has some of my favorite dialogue and every time he's on the screen, it's just so entertaining to watch him. Uh, Specifically when they're at the, when they're at the party and then that guy comes out and he tries to kind of oppose the thoughts. Oh yes. (laughs) Pig fuck. Yeah. He calls him a pig fuck. But uh, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson's writing in this movie is so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's the king of pacing too. I think so. Yeah, I really, really think so. And I mean, I believe, look, Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors, like ever, period. Uh, And watching the craft on screen with him always just blows my mind Mm -hmm. on how somebody can be so just good at it. So Freddie is, he has PTSD, but it's not just from the war. 
it's kind of like from just like his childhood as as well. Yeah, he just growing up. He did go on to say like he didn't have like the best childhood. Like yeah, I forgot exactly what it was, but like I think he had like uh, his father never really loved him. Yeah, and then I mean just in general, just like the other stuff of like again like we said like the incest and all that, like all of that type of stuff really kind of fucked with him. I think, and he kind of leads it leads to him to the point where he decides you know he goes to he goes to war and then he comes back and then. He's killed people. He he admits yeah. that, um, and he's just a very 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 complicated character. Even too like that very minor scene of just I, I forget where he was. He was in like some weird kind of like forest area, and he goes to like this weird kind of like bar, and he's drinking, and he sees like an older man next to him, and and he just says to him, "Like you remind me of my father." Yeah, yeah. And then the very next scene, he's kind of poisoned from the moonshine yeah and he keeps going like i didn't poison him like i didn't poison him like i don't know what you're talking about like yeah. just give him some water like yeah, he's yeah, fine yeah. and then he just darts out yeah yeah and uh he kind of just books it into the field and he's just running and running and running uh and yeah so i don't know he's just like oh he's just a really he, he just has a hard time like fitting in kind of anywhere i think he kind of yeah. just is one of these people that just he again, he's kind of lost. He doesn't know what the hell to do. I mean, he's he's also like a photographer, and Which, you know, and he's like, <laughs> dude, that's one of the funniest scenes when oh, the when, guy like, is like <laughs> sitting there <laughs> trying to get a photo of his wife, mm-hmm. and he just has the light. And he basically just puts it on top of yeah, him. He's like, sir, it's getting hot here. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's getting hot here. He starts pushing him. <laughs> And yeah. I th- like Ugh. especially too right before that when like he's got the girl kind of yeah that's just going around like saying like hey do you want to buy this dress yeah and they have some form of a relationship mm-hmm. like they're they're not I don't know if they're actually sleeping together just yet but like they're really into each other yeah and he asks if she wants to go out to dinner and yeah. then it's the next shot of just like him passed out drunk while yeah. she's eating right so he has a lot of problems. Yeah, homeboy is. I mean, you you see one because he's into he's into photography, uh, and you see him like in the dark room. Yeah, and he's just like mixing like the chemicals that you would use to make the the thirty five millimeter like the negatives into into the actual photos to blow them up. Um, he's like just mixing them. And then he, and then you see him like take the tongs out and he like yes, puts he them in his them. mouth and he's like, he licks them and then he, and then he just drinks it straight out of the thing. So it's just like this guy, <laughs> there's something off here. Oh yeah. And Lancaster kind of seems like everything that he needs to be whole. He is dad. He is. He, he comes off very like well knowledge, like you said, like very sophisticated. He's incredibly charismatic yeah to the point where like everybody like is infatuated you can with him. you can sort of see how he became what mm. he became because of just how likable he is yeah but i do i more than anything else i really love the scenes where you kind of start to see like some cracks in his armor yeah where like we said like the pig fuck scene yeah yeah where he's just going on and like trying to like start going off facts and Lancaster is just kind of like reiterating what he's saying mm-hmm. to the point where like he gets pissed off and it's that scene and then it's when he creates like the second book mm-hmm. that you kind of see where it's like okay maybe he's not all put together there like everybody kind of sees yeah maybe it really is that he's just kind of like making stuff up as he goes along mm-hmm. as they say in the, in the movie yeah so those scenes to me like 
I, I was more intrigued of like, hmm, are they gonna show more of like, maybe he doesn't actually know what's going on yeah. or like maybe he's just well, faking it, it till he's making well, it. I mean, that the thing is, I mean, Lancaster's own son. Yeah. Even says, he, he literally says like, dude, this shit is all just being made up. He's literally making this shit up as he goes. And in Scientology, that's really what was happening. So yeah. in Scientology, <laughs> uh, he, I can't think of his name. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Um... L. Ron Hubbard. That's it. There it is. <laughs> he uh, he was basically just uh, he was a he was a um, fiction writer. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. He he and he was it was a really bad one. And he was writing like screenplays and he was writing books all about fucking like aliens and mm-hmm. like he was making like kind of like World War Z style books and whatnot and films and like that was like what he was doing and then he kind of just started taking it and and then he was like I'm just gonna take this and turn this into a religion <laughs> and uh, and then you know it became what it became but uh yeah so lancaster is really kind of just making this shit up as he goes and you can kind of see though how when freddie comes in lancaster for some reason loves him so mm. much and he and he finds I mean, Amy Adams' character even says, like, he's writing so much more now since you showed up, talking to Freddie. Yeah. He was, like, he was really kind of, like, at, like, a writer's block, and he was kind of, like, lost, and he wasn't able to produce anything, and now all of a sudden, he, Freddie shows up, and all of a sudden, he just, like, is writing for hours and hours and hours and pages and pages and pages of stuff, and the whole film is kind of leading up to where it's going to be this release of this second book, mm-hmm. and... And then when when he does release it, Laura Dern yeah. sits down with him and she's kind of like questioning it almost because he, he's writing things where it was like, hey, I know I like it was like I said this in the last book and now I'm saying this in this book. And she's like, how can you just change that? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And it starts off like a civil conversation. Yeah. Like she she loves the book. Yeah. But then she just asks like a simple question where it's like, well, you said in the previous one, like. We have to we have to think of our past lives, yeah. but now you're saying we have to imagine. Yeah. So it almost kind of like contradicts itself, and makes it seem like, well, were we actually these people in the past, or can we just imagine that we were these people in the past? Yeah. And it almost plays to like a um, a tactic that like I've learned from lawyers like interrogating people. Oh, you've learned this from lawyers. I've huh? learned lawyer <laughs> tactics. <laughs> no, like there's um there's this whole theory that like. The human mind, it's so impressionable that you could sit down with a person that is completely yeah. innocent and drill them for, like, hours of, like, this is what you did, this is how you did it. And 70% of the time, the innocent person will describe the crime that they did in full detail of how they did it, where they did yeah. it, when they did it, but they never actually did right. it. Right, it's like implanting false memories into yes. somebody and then having them believe yes that they really truly did something uh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i like just thinking of that like while these scenes were going on i was like hmm like maybe maybe there is some part to play like for how lancaster is leading where he's just kind of like impressionably leaving these false memories to them yeah but freddie is all about it oh yeah freddie is 110 percent committed until, I don't know if you saw it, but, like, until, like, the second book comes well, yeah, out. Yeah. Because he, like, t- 
towards that point, like, he is so for it. Like, he's finally feeling, like, at peace. Like, he's shaking people's hands. Yeah, like, and it's, he's going it's, up it's to everybody. weird to see him happy. I mean, I, it's not not even so much happy. It's just more or less, like, kind of just playing by rules. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, granted, he's never, like, a full-blown, like, civilized person ever. He never, like, fully goes there. But... You can definitely see in the way that he starts dressing and the way that he starts acting towards people and and how he's he's still got that like firecracker personality where like his he could son go off at any time. you know yeah where you know Lancaster's son is like I I think he's bullshitting this and Freddie's just like can can I talk to you for a second and then yeah. he starts beating the <laughs> shit out of him because you know because he's questioning mm-hmm. what Lancaster is saying um, so it's really interesting to watch him turn kind of go from like this man who doesn't give a fuck and he's kind of just like lost to all of a sudden being like oh my god like I finally found my purpose and 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 then he's like just defending Lancaster you know he'll, he'll go he'll walk to the end of the earth for him kind of yeah. you know um and then it leads to a point though it gets to a point where even he though starts questioning Lancaster's mm-hmm. thought processes especially too like with the motorcycle scene yeah and where, when he's just like, he's not coming back. No, he, just, <laughs> he just rides off. I love that too, where it's like, wow, he went really far. <laughs> and then yeah. the next shot is just like at dusk and they're yeah. just walking to try and find him. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about like my favorite shot in the film before okay. we get to like the ending portion sure, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So when they get arrested. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When the perfect framing of the two cells, because at this point, like, Freddy's still, like, very unhinged. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's just going along and trying to, like, just fight anybody. And when the cops show up, he's just attacking them. And, again, you get that perfect framing of just Lancaster in one cell, just so calm and collected. Like, he's he's obviously furious, but, like, he's holding himself together. And Freddy, who, at this point, like, he has, like, his shirt off from, like, the the handcuffs and he's just like hitting his head up against like the uh bunk bed yeah and he stomps the fucking yard out of the toilet yeah yeah and i found out a fun story where it's like apparently for this scene like paul thomas anderson uh was able to get like this kind of like antique style like cell yeah that he he could use for that shot and Joaquin Phoenix just kind of like went method actor and smashed the fuck out of the toilet. <laughs> and Paul Thomas Anderson had to pay for the <laughs> antique toilet afterwards, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Yeah. But just that scene of just him looking so calm and then Freddie just the pure opposite. Yeah. You can really see like the contrast there yeah. between the two. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's some very important words that are exchanged between them. Yeah. When I'm Lancaster the only person tell, yeah, when he's like, I'm the only buddy, I'm the only person in the world, basically, mm-hmm. that cares about you and loves you and likes you. And, and then it's also really funny where it's like, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. And then the other dude in the cell is like, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of good comedy to this film. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's I, again. I was really nervous about showing this. I don't to you. get why. Like, I don't know. I, I just I thought that you weren't really gonna like the pacing of it. I thought you. Were, I don't know. I thought you were gonna find it very slow and very boring. No. I don't know why. I just I I just thought that that was how you were gonna find it. And though, and I think that this is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I was kind of just nervous being like, oh, man, Zach's not going to like this. And now I'm going to be on the side of the table where I got to defend it. I, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be fucking nice for once? But, but I don't choose bad movies. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I choose artsy movies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Spit all of yourself. Yeah. Got excited. But no, like, I mean, it, it had everything going for me. Like, as soon as I found out, like, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. And it's Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's just like it's hard. the stars are aligning. Yeah, here. it's hard to be like, no, nah, I don't like this movie. Yeah, I mean the acting is truly just superb. It's great. Yeah, the writing then, I think is fantastic. Phyllis Seymour Hoffman's character is truly, truly amazing. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix, the, his portrayal of a broken man. You know, he he always just kind of excels. Yeah, ab- when when his character is somebody who is truly struggling with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Joker, this movie, her. Her sorta kind of, but not eh. not really. I want to say mental illness, just mm. just inherent vice. Mm, yeah, yeah. I in a way, yeah. Mm. Um, you haven't seen Inherent Vice, though, right? But I have not. But I know Joaquin Phoenix is in it, and it's another Paul Tal- Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Paul Paul Thomas Paul T T Barbar. Paul T Paul Blart Mall. Paul Blart the Mall Cop. Yeah, so. I'm glad you liked it. I did. Uh, I, I really think, enjoyed this. Film. I really think that. Um, I, I don't know though if I could, if I could just say like, hey, if you guys have never seen a Paul Thomas Anderson film, that, <laughs> that you, this that, is the one. That this, like this is the like the entry film for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of, I always recommend that if you haven't seen a Paul Thomas Anderson film ever, um, I think you should go to back to Boogie Nights, and yeah. just and and watch that. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of bounce around to wherever you kind of want to go. But I think Boogie Nights is always like a really, really good kind of staple of like it's his it's his first feature, and you can already see that he is a very, very unique director who has a very, very unique story, and he's got a knack for writing. And you can tell like that he's kind of a great director mm-hmm. before he became a great director. Um, so it's similar for me where it's like with like Robert Eggers. Yeah. You know, yeah, where Robert like Eggers only has like two, two, movies, two full features. Fucking and fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, he's just, he's just in that same kind of boat. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I could say, like I said, that if you haven't seen them, if you haven't seen a Paul Thomas Anderson film before, mm-hmm. a few of them would be Punch Drunk Love, Magnolia, uh, The Master, There Will Be Blood, Throw him right into Gangs of New York. He's not... That's not Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, that's right. That's just Daniel Day-Lewis. That is Daniel Day-Lewis, but that's Martin Scorsese. Uh, um, throw him right into There Will Be Blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I don't know. There Will Be Blood, I think almost anybody can enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but You just have to understand that it's a longer film. They all are. All Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson movies are long. Uh, you So you're, if, you're, if you're like, oh, I need a brisk 90-minute movie. <laughs> nope. Not going to happen. Not your director. No, not your guy. Watch fucking Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you want 80 minutes? Go watch a Disney. Go watch Bambi. Uh, but yeah. very Brooklyn over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... I highly recommend seeing the master. I really, truly think that uh, if you if you really uh, sit down and you and you pay attention and you pay attention to the to the complexity of of the characters and you mm-hmm. try to understand, I don't think that it's a movie that you fully feel like you know who the characters are on one viewing. I think that like this is a movie that kind of takes a few viewings to then be like, all right. I think I understand what the hell's going on here. I think I understand why Joaquin Phoenix is the way that he is. I think I know what, what you know how 
Dodd Lancaster became him and why yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, so that's it. That's all I got. For I like master. It. I think it's great. You got a recommendation? Of course I got a recommendation. Oh, don't fucking get so, pissy with me. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Today I'm talking about something that I'm pretty passionate about. What is? And that is journaling. Okay. I recommend journaling so much. Uh, so basically you, so when I, if you don't know me, uh, then you probably don't know that I earlier, the beginning of last year, I self-published a book. Yes, you did. And just plug away. Why no, don't you? I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but, uh, I self-published a book and I hand wrote the entirety of it first mm-hmm. pen and paper. And then I turned it and then I went to typewriter and then I typed it all out, you know, so on and so forth. But there was something that I noticed when I was handwriting that it was very just, I don't know if I would say cathartic, but there, there was just something about it where like the actual act of putting pen to paper and then just writing Mm -hmm. really kind of just put your mind at ease. And it kind of just like lets you be with yourself you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you're typing on a computer, let's say, and you go into like a Microsoft document and you're kind of just typing away at any point in time, distractions can happen. You can, you get a pop-up somewhere from your computer. You, you, you can just, you know, immediately hop onto Google and then just start watching whatever you want to you can go on YouTube, whatever it is, you know? And, uh, when it comes to just pen and paper, there is none of that. It's just you at a table, just kind of writing. Uh, so what I, I started doing it last year, and I, and I was pretty consistent with it and then I fell off and then I started doing it again and then I fell off and then I started doing it again and then I fell off and whatever. But this year I've been like pretty much journaling like every single night. Oh, um, cool. And it really, really just helps a lot mm-hmm. with just getting your thoughts out there, whether or not it's like, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's kind of interesting because you can sort of just be as honest as you want to be because the only person that's reading is yourself. Right. So if you ever go back and look at it, you can be like, okay, yeah, this is where I was at Mm -hmm. this point in this time. And I'm no longer here anymore, or I'm still there. And what am I doing to get out of that situation or whatever it may be? Uh, So I don't know. I just find that journaling every night, just getting your thoughts out on paper and just kind of just kind of vetting your mind of just everything and just word vomiting kind of, you know, just get it all Mm -hmm. out. Uh, It helps a lot. I don't, I don't talk about it super often, but I get stressed out a lot mm-hmm. and I don't uh, like to talk about that, but I do. I get really stressed out. I get like, like high anxiety kind of about like life sort of. And it's just like, all right, I'm going to sit down and just journal. And after that, after 45 minutes of writing and I have four pages filled, it's just like, oh, yeah, all right, I feel good. Better. You know, it's just like, all right, good. Like I got that out. I, I, I know, I know why I was feeling the way I was feeling and, and whatever. And and journaling, I've, I'm finding it doesn't. There isn't really like a right or wrong way to do it. You can, you can scribble, you can draw, you can do whatever you want. It just, just get it out, sort mm-hmm. of. Um, and specifically with just pen and paper. Again, like I, I don't. I mean, I guess if, if for some reason you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just write it on. I'm going to type it up in on my phone in like my notes in on my phone or whatever. Like, okay, whatever. Just I don't know. I just I'm just finding that journaling getting getting my thoughts out on paper uh and just kind of just kind of like releasing all of that just all that fucking shit in your head mm-hmm. and you're just like i need to get this out and just and it just comes out and just like all right i feel really really good after that um so yeah i recommend journaling that's that's, awesome, that, that's a recommendation that i have I, I think handwriting on paper uh and just getting all your thoughts out 
help a lot with everything. So that's my recommendation. That's awesome, man. Shut up, Zach. All right, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> do you know what movie is going to be your pick next? So we can we can have the the people. So the people's the lovelies. My movie recommendation is not our movie recommendation at all. Actually, <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, it's a documentary. <laughs> no, it's the documentaries are movies. All right. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to do a, a movie uh, for my next thing because I didn't. You know, this is a film podcast. Yeah, but. It's all about movies and everything, but it doesn't have to be strictly confined to specifically a movie, I was thinking. So I wanted to make a list of my top five directors. Okay. And I wanted to kind of just talk about that director and why I like them, why they made my top five list, and so on and so forth. So you're more than welcome to make your top five as well. Okay. And then we could do a thing where I do my my, number five, and then you do your number five, and then we discuss... Okay. That person. Not bad. Uh, We've talked about this before, too. Yeah. Um, or, you know, so that could be like one episode mm-hmm. or, de- you know, depending on how much we have to say, yeah. really. Uh, so if we do if we do go, okay, man, we're going, a lo- we're going a long time on like our number five, then that would be like a full episode. If we're like, all right, yeah, we got him th- done. Let's go to the next one. And then so we could have one episode where it's just like one through five or we could have an episode where it's five, four, three, two, one. And then each one of those is an individual episode, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm going to make a top five directors list and I kind of want to just discuss why they made my top five, mm-hmm. why I love them so much and what they mean to me in cinema. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. So Not I don't bad. have a movie recommendation. Okay. But, uh, I'm excited to talk about it. That'll be cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. So Zach, take us out, boy. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Oh, real quick too. Before no, we no. <laughs> before we go. <laughs> Like to us, it just happened. But um, by the time that this comes out, it'll be a couple of pass. Uh, I don't know if you realize, but we made fifty episodes we already. Did. We did. And um, for everybody that's been listening to us from the very beginning, for everybody that started, please listening, stop. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want anybody else to listen to this. This is just for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for um, anybody that's come along the way, like yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think. I think going. Doing this, you know, every week that we do and, mm-hmm. and just kind of like getting more and more episodes out, I think we're getting better. I think we're and I and I'm, I'm excited to, again, not just do only pick a movie topic and discuss a film exactly like we're going to start branching off and doing other things about movies and people mm-hmm. and directors and actors and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I think that we're going to start kind of like hitting our stride really I, soon. I, I think we're going to get there, man. Yeah. And kick. Frank out of the podcast. Oh, that what, down do, what are you writing that? What, what no, is that? Don't worry, what no, was no, that no, no, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. It's nothing. All right. Well, anyway, take <laughs> us out, Zach. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I'm here to see Master.